I'm certainly grateful to welcome Brother Cooper here tonight. Um, I've been looking forward to him coming this way and being able to preach for us. Um, As I was thinking about him coming, there were three incidences that came to my mind uh, that have caused me to grow very fond of Cooper over the last year. About a year ago um, was, I think, the first time that I saw Cooper, approximately around a year ago. And uh, he was sitting on the second pew over here at the minister school, surrounded by a whole bunch of preachers. And uh, on the Thursday night service, I looked over and saw him, and on the way home, I said to Kathleen, if he's not, gonna, if he's not careful, he's going to end up being one of them. And uh, here he is tonight. Right? Um, another occasion that he came to our summer revival this past summer, and um, Brother Brian Johnson, or I guess last spring maybe it was, um, Brother Brian Johnson was helping us, and um, he came and visited. He's come to a lot of our morning service for the kids during the school time. And um, one night, I'm not sure if this is when he got called to preach or not, but it, he just seemed to have a especially attentive ear to God's purpose in your life. And um, the way that he was listening caught my notice, how attentive that he was to the word. And um, the final one that really made an impression on me is at the youth retreat. Our church hosts a youth retreat with some of the sister churches around here. And um, I have a snapshot in my head of Emmett on top of his shoulders around the Gaga pit and uh, them joking around. And I was thankful that Emmett hit it off with him uh, because he could be a a great influence on Emmett, and I was thankful for that. And um, so I was eager for him to come when he was able, and this was the first occasion that he could. And so let's remember him in our prayers that the Lord would help him tonight, that our hearts would be open to whatever the Lord might speak to our hearts uh, as he comes this way. And so if there's nobody has anything else, we'll ask Brother Cooper to come and deliver the word for us. That second um, fond moment that Brother Brad mentioned just a moment ago, um, in fact, was when the Lord called me to preach. Uh, After he had finished preaching about what our purpose is, uh, Brother Brian Johnson stood up and said, if there's anyone that feels like they're being called to the ministry, don't run from it. So then I I got up from my seat, um, about the third or fourth row back, if I remember correctly, and I walked up here to this front pew and I bowed my head and in fact right there was where the Lord let me know that that was what I was supposed to be doing. And it took me a few days uh, to finally come to the conclusion that okay this is for sure this is what the Lord would have me to do. Um, But I announced it the following Sunday. So I have a fond memory of this church due to the minister school the last year and and that time that I was able to spend and and then this church will always hold a special place in my heart because this is where the Lord let me know that I was called to preach. With that being said, um, the title of my message this evening is We Know Better. And I don't say that that we know anything of ourselves, but that we know better through the Lord. Um, the, the scripture that brought this to my attention, or after I uh, began to think about this, after the Lord revealed it to me, 
The first scripture that came to my mind was in Genesis, when Adam realized or knew he was naked before the Lord, and he hid himself. And so I'm, I'm going to read that, um, those few verses of scripture here in Genesis 3, verses 9 through 11. It says, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? So as I began to think about this message, you know, a lot of times we, uh, you guys as parents and, and myself as a child, when my mom or my, my stepdad would say, you know better, the immediate thing that came to my mind or my heart was guilt or was, was conviction of, okay, I've done something wrong. So a lot of times it was trying to create excuses of, of why I did this action or why I had come to this um, wrongdoing, trying to justify myself for what I had done or trying to um, just make them see that I wasn't in the wrong, even though oftentimes I was. So when, when Adam here, he knew he was naked. So then the Lord's conclusion is, okay, you've, you've eaten of the fruit. You wouldn't know this otherwise. So many times we try to um, self-justify or, or make ourselves seem in the right for our disobedience. We try to run from the Lord rather than running towards Him. That sin builds up. Those sins come to our, come to our um our flesh lusts against the, against the Spirit. And we do wrong. Regardless of whether we want to or not, we're, our flesh is imperfect. And we, we try our best. We try our best to do the works that are righteous before the Lord, but each and every day we fail and we fall short. So rather than self-justification or, or arguing with the Lord saying, no, no, I didn't do that. Or, or no, this, this isn't what you said. We need to run to the Lord when we know we've done those wrong things. When that conviction strikes our heart, when that guilt that we sometimes feel when we've done something uh, against the Lord or what He's commanded us to do, we should go to Him. Ask for that forgiveness first thing and it makes everything so much simpler. He will comfort you and He will give you that grace which is ever sufficient and, and he's so forgiving, isn't he? When you go to him and, and when, you, when you pour your heart out to him, I preached a sermon just a little while ago about crying out. When we as the children of God cry out to him, he runs to us much like our parents do. When you hear your kid yelling down the hall, they run to you. I heard this in a podcast a few days ago and it, it really spoke to my heart. The Lord runs to us when He knows we're in trouble. He runs to us. But we have to seek Him ourselves as well. And we have to seek for His counsel in, in what we're doing in our lives, in the decisions we make, and 
In times of trouble and in times of joy, we have to seek the Lord. Involve Him in our lives um, very intimately. There's a difference between foolish and, foolishness and ignorance. That difference being ignorance is the not knowing. That, we're not, that we don't know that this is wrong or that's wrong, but, but foolishness is knowing that that's not what we're supposed to be doing and doing it anyways. So we need to seek the Lord's wisdom and His counsel in order to know what we should be doing. What path we should be going down. What our purpose is, if, if you will. Um, and I, I love the way that Paul talks about our sin and, and, and dying um, with the Lord and also living with Him. And so I'm going to flip over to Romans chapter 6. And I'm going to read a, a kind of a lengthy reading lesson here um, from verse 7 to verse 23. I'll give everyone just a moment to flip over. It says, For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin one time, once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but are alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye, not, uh, know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were servants of sin... Ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. When we follow after the Lord and we, we become saved and uh, the Lord saves our soul after experiencing that godly sorrow and that repentance, um, the Lord makes us a new man. Not that when we're baptized we become a new man, but it's to symbolize that new man, that old man going under and the new man coming up. Sin has no dominion over you once you are once you're a child of the king. Has has no dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. But Paul says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. So many times we fall short. But I believe that the the Lord recognizes those things and He uses that disobedience to teach us lessons and to to grow us and to chastise us to, to become better children of His, to become better examples under this world that is such darkness. We are supposed to be the light, the candlestick, to point to the one and only We shouldn't use that grace as an excuse to, to get away with, with falling short, though. We should actively be trying to serve the Lord in the best way that we know how. And that ignorance will become less and less and less because the Lord will use each opportunity He has if we truly seek out His wisdom and His, His, um, His companionship, his, his leadership, we won't be so ignorant to these things. They will become very real to us. We will know the truth, and, and as you seek it, you will find it. The more you get in the Word, the more things start to make sense. The more, the more you read, the more you can uh, begin to understand uh, different parts, and, and that's what's so exciting about serving the Lord is He, he takes those things, and, and when we're obedient to Him, He blesses it so, so much. So, so much. I, I thank the Lord for the way that He's grown me, the way that He's grown my brothers and sisters, and, and those that I can rely on for advice and counsel. I'm just so thankful for each and every one of them. But it couldn't have been without their obedience to the Lord. It, it would have been all in vain if it hadn't been for being obedient to the Lord. Oftentimes the Lord asks us to do something and we will try to bargain with Him or barter with Him as far as what we want to do. I know I have. I've told the Lord, no, I don't want to do that, but I'll do this. It's not an acceptable answer to the Lord. When He asks you to do something, He, he means it. And He asks you to do these things, and He knows you're capable. He knows that 
you're more than capable of doing what he's asked you to do. It's just that, that flesh that gets in the way. Our, ourselves that get in the way sometimes and we, we, um, we let that, the world creep in and we let that flesh lust against the spirit a little bit more than, than we should and we let it get out of control and then when we, when we lose time in prayer or we lose time in studying our Bible, then we just start to drift a little bit, a little bit more. Your pastor a few weeks ago uh, preached on six silent sins. And, and I believe if I, if I absorb the message correctly, he was talking about, you know, we need to be open about these things. We need to be open about um, those sins in our lives so that we can address them and address them not only with the Lord, but those who we trust and those who we seek counsel through. We need to, we need to really use that opportunity. Take advantage of it. But as the Lord corrects us, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 through 13, says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. We need to ask the Lord to, to speak to our hearts that we may understand and hear and not just up here. Up here is not really, I mean, it's important. Don't get me wrong. But when you understand it in your heart, it takes deep root. And then when you begin to share it, it, it feels more real to those that you're sharing it with. He changes our heart for a reason. It says that um, the carnal mind is enmity against God. We get to thinking and we get to plan in our minds, you know, what, what we think is best for us. But we don't really know. I titled my message, We Know Better, just because when the Lord tells you something and then you do it anyways, you know better. I'm not saying we know anything of ourselves but only what the Lord has taught us through His chastisement and His, His Word and, and our, our experiences that He allows us to go through. And oftentimes when we um, steer away from the Lord, He will use certain circumstances to bring us back. Um, I think uh, Peter... And I'm going to flip over to Matthew chapter 14, verse 26 through 31. This is where uh, Peter and the disciples see him walking on the sea and, and um, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now Peter didn't, he didn't believe that this was the Lord. The Lord said it is I. Oftentimes we let our mind get in the way. 
what he's seeing physically. He, he lets that get in the way of, of the Lord speaking to him. We let the world get in the way of the Lord speaking to us. Our struggles and, and our desires, our fleshly desires that go against what God would have us to do, we let that get in the way of hearing His voice and allowing Him to direct our hearts and direct our, our path in life. And he said, come. And when Peter was down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Everything's great. He's walking on the water. But then he saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. He cried out to the Lord. When he knew he was in trouble, he went to the Lord, saying, Lord, help me through this what seems impossible task. Pick me up out of the sea and put me back on solid ground because I can't do it on my own. But that, those times of trouble was when he sought after the Lord, not when everything was going fine. He wasn't praising the Lord saying, oh Lord, thank you for allowing me to walk out to you. He looked around. He took his eyes off of Jesus. He took his eyes off of what was important in the Lord directing him. And he allowed his thoughts and his fears and his lack of faith to get in the way of him serving the Lord. Much like we do in our lives. The Lord will ask us to do something and then we go to work. Well, we experience that on a Sunday morning or Sunday night or wherever it might be. And then that Monday morning we go back to work and we forget all about that. Oh, that was, that was Sunday. That was, that was yesterday's service. But those lessons are invaluable. That wisdom and that knowledge that the Lord gives us is invaluable. It's important that we take heed to His, his coaching, His leadership. Hear it. Understand it. And hear. Not up here. We have to take it and absorb it into our heart. Let His words really sink in. This is why we say meditate and pray on the, on the Word. Meditate and pray with the Lord. Spend time with Him. Let it sink in. It doesn't have to be verbally speaking to the Lord, but allow Him to speak to you. Obedience is hard. But with obedience, for it to become effective, we have to trust that the Lord has our best interest. We have to trust that, that He is doing what's right for us. And that may sound really simple. But our, our fleshly thoughts tell us just as, just as Adam in the garden, or, or Eve in the garden, she let the serpent uh, deceive her. The serpent made her believe that, that God didn't have her best interests. And he told her, if you, if you eat of this tree, you will, you will have knowledge as God. 
And she, she took of that fruit and she ate it. Our flesh tells us the same thing many times. Oh, we want to go do this rather than what the Lord told us to do. And, and a lot of times, you know, there's many of us that might rather be somewhere else on a Sunday. Might w- rather be at home in bed rather than getting up early and getting ready for church and coming to Sunday school and spending that time with the Lord. But that's our flesh lusting against the Spirit. Our Spirit wants to be here. But we have to learn to joy in that temptation and those trials and and those things that are set before us, the same as we joy when we're in the Spirit, when we're, when we're filled up with the Lord. We have to, we have to learn that. And, and the only way that I know how to do that is to seek and ask the Lord to help you with that. Because I don't think there's any, any plan that says this is how you joy in what seems like trouble. I don't think there's a plan out there for that. And if there is, I would say that it's unsuccessful if it doesn't involve the Lord. And then that disobedience, that, that same disobedience that Eve um, took part in, she, she also let Adam take part in it. Led Adam to that disobedience. Even though they knew. Don't do this one thing. Don't eat of this tree. How many, how many times has the Lord or His Word commanded us not to do something and then moments later we go directly against it? Might not even make it hours. Might not even make it out of the church. John 14 and 15, it says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. Do we truly love the Lord tonight? Are we truly trying to be obedient to what He's called us to do or what He's asked us to do in our daily lives? Luke 6 and 46 says, And why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Why do we cry out to the Lord in those times of trouble when we've gotten ourselves there? I believe is what he's perceiving here. Not that he's going to turn his back on us. I'm not saying that. But he's, he's saying, why do you do the same thing and ask for me to help you when you know what the outcome is going to be? Why do we turn away from him? He never turns away from us. He never turns his back on us. When we cry out to him and ask him to help us or ask him to forgive us, he's so gracious to do that time and time and time again because he knows our nature. He knows that fleshly side of us that's going to go back and do the same thing. And he knows when and where and what time and how many times we're going to do it. But he's so gracious. He's so merciful. He's so loving. And he, and he helps us every time. If you do, if you, uh, those of you that are kids, you know, your parents tell you not to do something and you do it, the first time they might be a little forgiving, maybe, maybe smaller punishments. And then, and then the second time, they're a little bit harsher. 
And then the third time, they're even worse. And then that, by the time you get several times in, they're fed up. They don't, they don't have that same compassion for you that they did in the beginning. But I believe God does. I believe He's compassionate and He's merciful to us even when we don't deserve it. The most when we don't deserve it. And we cry out to Him and we, we give Him that sincere desire of our hearts to help us, to help us overcome this challenge, this fleshly desire, this worldly thing that's influencing us to do to sin against the Lord. And what does He do? He does exactly that. He helps us. But we have to be willing to turn to Him and ask Him. And we have to, we have to work towards serving the Lord in our daily life. Works is not the answer. But faith without works is dead, as it says in the Bible. Our works need to reflect our faith. And, and we don't need to be foolish. We don't, we don't need to know what the Lord is asking us to do and then to turn away from Him and to, to leave those things that He's asked us to do the prior day or the prior night or minute even. We don't need to leave those things in the past, but, but to listen to them and obey. But to also trust Him and what He's asking us to do is the best thing for our lives to start with so that we can obey it. Because if you don't trust what the Lord is asking you to do or you don't trust what someone is asking you to do, more than likely you're just going to blatantly disobey that. You're just going to disregard it. That's, that doesn't apply to me because I, I, that's not for me. So we have to trust that what the Lord is instilling in us or that information or that direction that He's giving us is the best direction for us. And I can promise you if the Lord steers you in that direction that it, it's the best thing for you. Every time. It says in Romans chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Now we know that whatsoever... What things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets." even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no indifference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely through His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. He is our justifier. 
He paid the price. And, and that old man that was before you were born again is, is gone. Not to say that we still don't sin, but now our sin is justified because of the price that the Lord paid. It's not, it's not that it's not that we should sin or, or desire that sin. That is, that's died with the old man. But that new man, that new life, should be a desire of righteousness. Should be um, pursuing righteousness in all tasks, in all things of the day, to pray without ceasing, to seek the counsel of God in each and every hour of our day, each and every minute, second. He should be constantly on our minds. When we obey that direction that is constantly on our minds and we obey that direction that, that He gives us, then things will begin to fall in place. It's crazy how that works. When you do something that you're supposed to, it works out. Seems simple, but we make it hard. Our, our flesh, the very nature of our existence, makes it hard. We know better. Or not so much we, but God allows us to know better. He instills that in our heart. He instills His law in our heart when He saves us. If there be one that's lost here tonight, you don't have that law instilled in your heart. But instead, you are, you are working in lawlessness. You are unrighteous. You're unholy before God's eyes. He desires to want to help you this evening and He desires you to be obedient to Him in coming to Him and seeking to fill that void which is inside of your soul. But you have to obey. You have to go to Him and submit yourself and surrender to His work so that it can come and dwell within you so that His love, so that you can experience true love for the first time. Because you won't. If you don't meet the Lord, you'll never experience true love. That void will forever exist within your heart. I feel as though I need to tell my testimony and then I'll, I'll, I'll be finished tonight. Um, I was saved on January 3rd of last year. I just had a spiritual birthday not long ago. <laughs> the Lord saved me in the Allen County Jail after I'd sought the world for love or whatever I thought it was to fill that void that was within me. I lost my best friend, my dad, and my sister, all three to suicide. My dad when I was seven, my best friend a year before I was saved, and my sister just six months. And I, I used drugs to cope with that, or what I thought was coping. I was far from that. 
But the Lord got my attention once again after 12 years of running from that conviction which the Lord placed in my heart. After I would estimate 12 years of running from it. Um, he got my attention once again in the Allen County Jail on January 3rd on a Monday night. The song I can only imagine was played. And the Lord got my attention. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. That song was all too, all too real for me. I couldn't imagine what it was talking about in the least. Couldn't understand it. It was unfathomable to me. But that got my attention. That made that void in my heart feel so real. And boy, was it. It was broken into a million pieces. Couldn't tell you what I said that night. But I know what my heart was feeling. And it was feeling empty. And it was desiring to be filled. And that fulfillment came from the Lord. That peace and that joy that was placed in my heart that night will never be forgotten. I'm so grateful for what the Lord has done for me. And I know that He can do the same and more for all of us. That He can, that he can give you that love and that peace and that comfort in every situation. Regardless of the circumstances, nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. It's our duty to obey the Lord. He sacrificed it all for us. We should be ready to sacrifice it all for Him. To lay it all down and pick up that cross, our cross, and bear it. Deal with it. All the way to Jesus' feet. <laughs> we don't have to take it far. He's with us everywhere we go, but we take it to Jesus' feet. And that cross will get way lighter. <laughs> I thank Him for the opportunity, and I thank Him for His love. May God bless you all.